0: Welcome to this edition of Skeptics and Seekers. I am your host, David Johnson, the Skeptic. Yep, and I'm Dale, uh, the Seeker. And today we have a very special topic for you. We will be talking about mythicism. But before we step into that pile, I want to... Uh, thank Dale for his work on the Shroud series. It's been a very good series. He's put a lot of effort into it, and it's gotten a lot of feedback. Hopefully we can wrangle him into doing a special feedback edition uh, just for all of you Shroud commenters out there, and I believe that Dale uh, maybe wants to announce something special that's coming up. Take it away, Dale.
1: Yeah. So, uh, uh, Just so you guys know, um, when I was doing my own Shroud research, um, I reached out to uh, one uh, shroud expert named Barry Schwartz uh, so he was the official stirp photographer back in 1978 for that uh, scientific investigation of the shroud and um, basically he, he offered I asked him and he said he'd be willing to come on to our show uh, to do a special guest appearance uh, you know do sort of an interview for the 40th anniversary of stirp um, and uh, you know provide some answers for you guys, give his take on the Shroud evidence and, and some firsthand experience. So uh, I'm very excited about that. Um, also, just to give him a quick little plug, uh, so he, he's got the number one site on the Shroud. Uh, you know, if you want pro or con uh, expert articles or, or just in general information about the Shroud, I would definitely suggest you go to his website. So that's www.shroud.com. And um, he also had a quick announcement because he's becoming a, uh, a charitable organization. So sometimes, especially in part four, I, I was using some articles that he sent me that are copyrighted and I, I couldn't provide those as, as a link or a source for you guys. But he, he told me that as of October, um, look for his announcement on his site on October 8th. Uh, as a charity, he's actually gonna be able to offer these free. For for people to look at, so you can see if I'm I'm making up stuff on that. You can actually look to those articles yourself. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll give it back to David.
0: Okay, and uh, with that, we've been doing uh, some special feedback editions, which have uh, worked out well. And so, rather than read feedback today, we're just going to spend the entire time talking about mythicism. Continue to send your feedback, and uh, we will continue to do feedback specials that uh, give your feedback uh, a lot more time and space that they deserve. So with that, uh, let me just say mythicism. This is a tough one. Uh, this is not an argument that I intend to win. Uh, this is not an argument that I think that, that I could win. I don't think that anyone could win it from that perspective. I, I am going to acknowledge that I am a mythicist. I am what I call a reluctant mythicist. So this is, this is my coming out uh, as a mythicist, it's kind of a dirty word uh, in this community but there it is I don't want to be a mythicist I never set out to be a mythicist. I don't think there's anything particularly great about mythicism it's not cool it doesn't put you into the you know the 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 niche with the the popular kids or anything like that it's uh, it's kind of a hard thing to be it's a tougher argument to make and I would rather not make it I would rather not be it but As it happens, you know, when I look at the evidence, it leads me toward mythicism. And so today, rather than trying to make a case to convince you of my point of view, I'm just going to try to explain why I have the point of view that I have. So I'm going to begin the case with some traditional territory, Uh, But if you read uh, the blog, and I do encourage you to read the blog posts that uh, I wrote and that um, Dale uh, wrote on the subject, we don't deal much with the traditional mythicist arguments. Uh, And so we will get there. And I know that there are some people who are going to at least want a refresher on some of the traditional mythicist arguments. So I will start there. But once again, this is not my attempt to make everyone a mythicist or to suggest that if you believe in a historical jesus that you are somehow uh, off base Uh, there could very well be a historical jesus behind the jesus story so i want to acknowledge that i don't happen to believe that there was but i can't prove that there wasn't i don't i don't think that that's something that can ever be proven uh, so, once again, I am a reluctant myth- mythicist, and this is, this is kind of why I got that way. Uh, so, first of all, when I was a Christian, my assumption, I had a lot of false assumptions about things. So, one, one false assumption, just, just to give you an example, I believed that the Bible... Uh, the, the, the Bible that we had, I knew we had various translations, but I thought that somewhere locked in a lockbox, somewhere in, in Rome, there was the copy of the Bible, the, the original Bible, and, and people were just translating from that original Bible. That's what I thought when I was younger. It was kind of a shock to find out that that is not true. there is There is no the Bible that uh, that scholars are usually using to uh, to create translations. Um, and then I figured, well, okay, but at least we have an assortment of original autographs. So if if we don't have you know, all of the books in in one canon, we at least have you know the original autographs that these books are taken from. no. That doesn't exist either. There is no such thing as original autographs when it comes to the Bible. Uh, original autographs are kind of theoretical. What we have are copies of copies of copies. Um, and so that was that was kind of a surprise. And how we, how we ended up with the Bible we had, with, with the Bible we have, is just, a, you know, it's an interesting study, an interesting journey. It's one that I uh, took on, but it had a lot of surprises from me, uh, or at least... With me. I'm sorry, I'm having trouble getting words out uh, today. Hopefully, that clears up. Um, I, I was subject to a lot of surprises and a lot of my naivete fell away uh, with, with canonicity studies. Uh, and so, Jesus' studies were similar to that. When I was near the end of my faith and I was, I was grasping for straws, uh, I was trying to grab onto anything that would anchor my faith in something real and so i decided to go back to the basics on everything and just start with the real things that we had obviously there was a god but what else did we have well jesus of course we had a a, a real jesus so never mind the controversial stuff Let's just get all of the non-controversial facts about Jesus and put those together and then see how close we can get to the, the resurrected uh, Jesus God. And there was shock after shock for me in that study. Because as I studied, I actually I, I went to old libraries, <laughs> academic libraries. I, went, uh, I, I read books, not just, not just e-books, not just uh, online things. Uh, actual old large dusty books. And uh, I did as much research as I as I knew how to do as a as, as a non-academic and what shocked me was what wasn't there. You know, just like the Bible I had some assumptions about what was there and it, and it was shocking to find out what wasn't there. I had a lot of assumptions about what was there Uh, with regard to jesus evidences and it was shocking to me what wasn't there so let me just run through a list of 10 things that uh that isn't there uh 10 evidences that that You know, If you haven't done any Jesus studies and you've been a member of the church for all of your life, you just might assume we're there. These things are not there. So we don't have birth records. We don't have death records. We don't have any writings from Jesus. We don't have any contemporary accounts. By contemporary, I mean people who were there during the time of Jesus' lifetime, uh, writing, giving accounts. We don't have writings from people who were healed by Jesus. Uh, I I found that uh, kind of interesting. We don't have firsthand opposition accounts. Uh, for Jesus. Now, uh, Dale might be tempted to say, ah, but we do have some opposition accounts. Well, no, we don't really have any firsthand opposition accounts. We have opposition accounts according to Christians. Uh, We don't have court records uh, from either the Jews or the Romans. We don't have historical references that didn't come from uh, Christians as the source uh, we don't have corroboration of major events, just a, a few of those major events that are, are not corroborated. The great census, uh, the killing of the infants two years and younger, uh, the magic star that led the uh, magi to Jesus and that uh, Herod was so upset about. We don't have the, uh, any, anything about the magic feeding of the 5,000 and the 4,000. That's 9,000 people. Who had a magic meal? Uh, we don't have any corroboration uh, for that. I mean, it's a lot of people in one small area. We don't have uh, any corroboration of the cleansing of the temple. You remember when Jesus went berserk and fashioned a rope and uh, went all violent and clean, cleansed the temple of the evildoers and the animals and overturned the tables and all that? You know, all of that was illegal. In fact, all of that would have been a capital offense. We don't have um, we don't have any records uh, of that. Uh, Matthew 27, we don't have any records of the great resurrection, uh, any kind of corroboration of that. So there there are a lot of stories that are not directly related to Jesus that are part of the Jesus story that if they happen, we should have records for and we don't. And finally, what we don't have is uh, a Pauline corpus that seems to know anything about the life and ministry of the the man, Jesus. So what we learn about Jesus from Paul, uh, one of the early uh, New Testament writers, we can't actually build much of a case for the human Jesus with Paul's writing. There's there's just a, a, a lot that Paul leaves out or doesn't seem to know. And so we can, we can go into depth on any number of these uh, points, and I don't think that we will. But I just, I just wanted to give you a quick list of things that we don't have. And you might say, well, but we shouldn't expect to have some of those things like birth records and death records. I mean, Jesus was a, a carpenter in, a, in, in the Hicksville part of uh, the area. But Jesus was announced as king before he was born. So you know what we have birth records for? Kings. Uh, so I, don't, I, I think that we actually do have reason... To suspect that those who believed in Jesus, those who came to worship Jesus from afar, there would be some records kept of that. There was an expectation that Jesus was something more than just some, you know, one of the country kids uh, born in a manger. So uh, all of these things that I've mentioned, it's not just that we don't have those things. It's that these are things that we should expect and we don't have those things. So that's, that's problematic to me. Now that's not to say that we don't have some early mentions of Jesus. So one of uh, one of the things that uh, Dale mentioned is that we do have some evidences for hi- historical Jesus. So I'm not going to sit here and say that there are zero evidences for the historical Jesus. What I will say is that there are zero good evidences for a historical Jesus. All of the evidences are very weak. Uh, at best, or extremely controversial. So, um, for instance, uh, we don't have any testimony from anyone who met Jesus. And I find that interesting. So all of, all of the testimony, that, and by the way, I'm not including the Gospels here. If you want to get into an argument about the Gospels and whether they're history or not, you will probably have to wait for another show on that. Uh, But setting aside the Gospels, we don't have any testimony from anyone who met Jesus. Uh, What we end up having are vague references that uh, are neither his name nor his title. So uh, some of the people uh, that referenced Jesus... Let me just pull up uh, a website if I've still got it up. Yeah, some of the people that referenced uh, Jesus, Josephus, Tacitus... Uh, Suetonius, Julius Africanus, Origen, and Pliny the Younger. Well, y- you would think, well, that's a lot of people talking about a person that didn't exist, except I think that we can, we can um, actually cull that list quite a bit. Uh, Suetonius, uh, Tacitus, uh, Origen, uh, some, of, some of these are references to someone named Crestus, Chrestos, and in one of the occasions it's Christus, Christos. But the assumption is, well, you see, that kind of sounds like Christ. It's got to be talking about Jesus, right? Well, we don't know that. Those are those are very uh, weak mentions, uh, and I think that we could probably uh, toss that type of reference out. Pliny the Younger. Uh, writes about a band of Christians and so this is the other category of reference that we have we have people talking about the followers of Jesus and Pliny the Younger uh, writes some letters no reason to think that they are are not authentic Uh, and he is asking for advice on how to deal with this particular cult uh, of people who follow Jesus well great but that is not evidence for a historical Jesus that's evidence that there were followers of Jesus, so it would be like me saying, uh, "What should we do about those followers of the angel Moroni?" That that would be the Mormons. Well, it doesn't mean that I believe in an angel Moroni, but these are these are followers of the uh, angel Moroni. These are followers of the Book of Mormon, and they they obviously think that there are angels and prophets involved. And I would speak of them in that way. But you couldn't cite my referencing the followers of Moroni as uh, evidence that there was an angel Moroni. And so uh, most of the the early mentions can fall into this category. And then finally you have Josephus, who is a a historian, and he has a brief passage of uh, Jesus in his 18th, uh, I guess maybe what we would call the 18th chapter of uh, uh, Antiquities. (laughs) Uh, and that source is so contested, even among scholars, it, it should probably be thrown out uh, just because of that. But once again, uh, the question has to be asked, where did Josephus get his information about Jesus? Well, he would have gotten it from people who talked about Jesus. That would, that would have been Christians. This is not firsthand information that Josephus had. Um, And so all of the quote-unquote evidence, once again, scant few, I've named just about all of it. Most of it can be dismissed on the basis that it's not talking about Jesus, but rather people who followed and believed in Jesus' stories, uh, and or references to a uh, figure that is not named Jesus, but we assume Jesus, or is something so heavily doctored. Uh, that it's kind of embarrassing that that's, the, that's mentioned as a main piece of evidence. So once again, when you, when you look at the quote-unquote non-biblical evidence for Jesus, and you're, you're expecting a wheelbarrow full and you get a thimble full. Uh, that's, that's a little bit jarring. And then when you examine what you've got in the thimble, it's not very, it's not very good evidence. So the, the last thing I want to do before taking this to uh, my real point here, is ask the question, well, which Jesus are we supposed to believe in? Which which Jesus? There were lots of Jesuses. So if I were to say, okay, I believe there was a guy named Jesus who was probably a Jewish rabbi or maybe a, a political uh, insurgent uh, and he got himself killed by the Romans. Would, would that be enough? Would, would I be would I still be a mythicist? I want to read something from, uh, excuse me, from a website that I will uh, link to in in the notes. And it's not in it's not in the article that I wrote, uh, but I we haven't we haven't put that up actually at the time of this recording. So I will include this in the notes. You'll be able to find this. And I just want to read a couple of passages from it to give you uh, a sense of what I'm talking about. The architect. Typical Jewish hero was Joshua, the successor of Moses, otherwise known as Yeshua, Yeshua ben Nun, Jesus of the Fish, since the name Jesus, Yeshua or Yeshu in Hebrew, or Yesus uh, in, uh, Jesus in Greek, uh, source of the English spelling, originally was. Uh, A title, meaning Savior, derived from Yeshu saves, probably every band in Jewish resistance had its own hero figure sporting this moniker, among others. Uh, Now before I read the next passage, he does go into a number of Jesuses from that time, a a number of Messiah-type figures. And this is something that, that I knew about before. I just, I just found this source interesting, putting a lot of them in one place. There were, there were lots of jizai uh, to choose from. He goes on to say, certainly Jesus ben uh, Stada was a Judean agitator who gave the Romans a headache in the early years of the 2nd century. He met his end in the Tower of Lydda, uh, 25 miles from Jerusalem at the hands of a Roman crucifixion crew. And given the scale that Roman retribution could reach, at the height of the siege of Jerusalem the Romans were crucifying upwards of 500 captives a day before the city walls. Dead heroes called Jesus would quite literally have been thick on the ground. Not one merits a full stop in the great universal history. So once again, what, uh, whatever you might think of the scholarship and the sources that he provides for these claims, I, I do want to make it clear that these types of claims have been around for a long time, and history is littered with the bodies of Jewish uh, Messiah wannabes named Jesus. So with that said, uh, I could say pretty confidently that I believe that there was probably a guy in that region calling himself Jesus who uh, aspired to be a religious leader was thought of as a messiah who was killed by the Romans I just don't believe any of the rest of the stuff the Bible says about such a guy does that make me a mythicist I'm going to toss it over to Dale for a moment while I take a little break
1: Oh, okay. Uh, wow, uh, quite quite a lot. Uh, I I tried my best to write down as much as I could of what you were saying. So, um, yeah. Let us tackle your last part first because, um, I, as you know, I was talking to David over the weekend, and uh, you know he he announced, okay, I, let's do a show on mythicism on our round table, and I said absolutely. And I in my mind, I thought, okay, I I know exactly what I'm going to be getting. He he wants to argue that, you know, there is no minimal historical Jesus figure, uh, you know, the the Jesus that Bart Ehrman or Dale Martin would believe in, um, you know, he, he's more akin wanting to argue Bob Price or Richard Carrier. Now, David was quick to disabuse me of this. Well, you know, not not so fast. It depends on what you mean by uh, mythicism. And I, I thought he has a good point here that I think um, it's good for Christians and non-Christians to know that Some people, when they use the term mythicism, uh, could have something else in mind. Um, So, you know, it it would be important to, okay, well, you say you're a mythicist. What exactly does that mean? Um, Now, that that said, I I will just say that I think there is a common understanding that most people, that that word has in mind. So if you have an alternate definition, that's fine. Um, But just... You know, be aware that that's that could cause misunderstandings unless unless you clarify what you mean by that term. Um, but yeah, he also brings up uh, the the issue of okay, well, there's been these three historical Jesus quests, and you know, maybe maybe I could persuade David that there is this histor some minimal historical figure, an itinerant preacher named Jesus who is going around Galilee and, and preaching the kingdom of God or something like that you know, the Bard Ehrman Jesus and, and he's happy to accept that. But that's not a full fledged Christian Jesus. That that's not a ver Jesus who was born of a virgin. That's not the Jesus who turned water into wine. Uh and that's really uh the Christian Jesus. So you know, in that sense, every single atheist, they're a mythicist or or what I call broad mythicism under this this definition. Um well I I think that's fair enough However, I, w- I would say that we're not just stuck with the thimble. Um, Christians also have that uh, little notion of sufficient attachment, which could get these other propositions. Once you have reason to believe well, Christianity is true, then the virgin birth will come attached. And just remember, from our show last week, David would agree. With, said he might even agree with my case for sufficient attachment. If it weren't for the Bible errors, if biblical inerrancy is true, then he could see the case for this. So so in that way, Christians aren't stuck with this thimble. They could argue uh, for a wider case, for the full-fledged Jesus. Um, so now going into his um, negative case. So these are the 10 evidences we don't have. And I think he's presenting this as sort of evidence that indicates Jesus... Even the minimal historical Jesus didn't probably didn't exist. Uh, I'm not sure if I misunderstood you, or uh, was that the you was did that not like the full fledged? Understand
0: me. I'm 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 just saying, if if the Jesus of the Bible existed, we should we should expect to see some things, and so these are the things that we should expect to see that we don't see. Now that is not to say okay. if some minimal Jesus uh, existed. Um so for instance um Barabbas the name Barabbas uh means son of the yeah. father probably not a real person um, I don't actually wow. expect <laughs> there to be any minimal facts about on. about barabbas right and so there there are lots of different gs uh that mm. i don't I don't expect there to be any minimal facts about uh so if if you say the the minimal Jesus, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know that we would have any records of a minimal Jesus.
1: Okay, so you, let me do this. That even against a full fledged Jesus, a, a totally biblical Jesus, I, I'm not necessarily convinced. You you would need to prove that we do have this expectation and. You know, something like, okay, you you mentioned Jesus was announced as a king when he was born. Let, let's pretend that happened, or that that's the Jesus we're arguing for. Why are there no official records of this or something? Well, well I mean, Jesus wasn't an actual king in the sense that he was, you know, the, the people in charge of the country and making the records, the historians, they wouldn't have noted this Jesus just because, you know, we don't have the birth of that that other Jesus you mentioned in the second century. He he was known as the Messiah. Oh, wouldn't we expect some records of, about him, with his birth? Uh, okay, but, but birth let me let death. me tell you where Re- that
0: where that doesn't work for me. I'm glad you mentioned. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, Jesus was not simply declared a king after circumstances of his life. He was de- declared a king at his birth. And it wasn't just a private declaration, if the stories are to be taken literally. The actual King Herod knew about this King Jesus. In fact, he didn't just know about this King Jesus. He devoted a lot of resources to this King Jesus. Uh, and so uh, it, it is something yeah. that would have been known and noted, I would think. It it, it takes it above just some... Um, you know some we'll some peasant it. some peasant uh stories about a, a particularly bright kid in the community this is you know if the stories are to be believed jesus had the attention of the king before he was born
1: yeah as a as a pretender though like no i don't i don't think they would uh, like the the historian why why would you expect Herod's historian or, or the scribe to, to make a note of someone that... Hey, no, I, I don't... Even a suggestion or a hint that this guy could be the king will... causes problems for me. We're taking... You know, that's why Herod wanted to eliminate this guy. Well, if, but if just see, what we, what we should
0: have is a record of Herod eliminating the guy. You see, there should, there should that be... Would make Herod... But there should be some record of something. Herod was so troubled by this guy uh, that he sent death squads to kill every male child from the age of 2 on down so he just, he wanted to make sure okay, so that his that it was covered completely and you mean to tell me that's not worth a notation in a log somewhere
1: okay so here here's the problem you you bear the burden of proof in this case you have to prove this expectation and it i'm going back to what you said on saturday you know hang on uh you're you're saying we should have this Expectation, um, arguing as a lay person, right? But you you noted on Saturday, you got to be careful. You know, Christians misapply, you know, historical principles. They think something's embarrassing, but they don't know the wider literature. And, you know, historians have noted ancients don't record things that we think they should have. I mean, how, how many mentions of, of the eru- major eruption of Mount Vesuvius do you think there are? There's only a couple. Um, most people over... Ancient historians overlook details that we think um, they should include. We, you know, well, I, I would I, think I that things that
0: to... led to uh, genocide would, would probably note uh, would well, be worth wasn't... the note. So, I mean, that's that's all I'm saying. Okay. I, uh, if not for that story, uh, you know, and the wise men coming from the east. I don't know how far they came. China? I don't know where where they come from. The, People, uh, apparently, other people around the world knew about it, so it was it was not just some private little thing. And I'm just, I, you know, I'm not saying that there should be many books written about it. I don't know where there should or not, but it's bigger than a local
1: uh, a wives' tale story. Okay, um, so yeah, that uh, I'm gonna for time's sake. So I'll, I'll let you have the last point there. But yeah, it's important to note. Is it as big or as mentionable as as you think? Was it as widespread? How did the Magi f- find out about this? Uh, you know, was it common knowledge in Babylon and stuff like that? I, I don't think you can establish that, but that's that's what you need to figure out. Is it is it was it as big an event as you make it you make it sound? And I I don't so think I we can don't, get that.
0: I don't I don't think we can either. So I'm just gonna grant your point. Okay. I don't think that I could ever prove that. All I can do is give you my expectations based on the reading of the Bible. So I didn't didn't invent these expectations. I got these expectations from the Bible stories. And I would say that the Bible stories are somewhat misleading if it wasn't that big of a deal. Because it's written as if it was that big of a deal. But again, it's not something that I can... You know, I, I'm not going to stake my entire case on that. Again, this is not uh, me trying to convince you to be a mythicist on this basis. It's me trying to right. make you understand why I am, and at the very least, to get you to understand that my that my form of mythicism is reasonable.
1: Yep. Okay. Okay. And yeah, present present your reasons for for the people to assess type thing. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to. Press too hard or anything like that. I just wanted to bring bring up an important point because it, it's common to a, a lot of your points, I think. Um, so the last the last thing I want to bring up because I, well, I actually I don't want to I don't want to assess... I don't, I
0: don't leave this one too soon because I've got the list in front of me uh, and I, oh, I, well, I I I, ex- I, I anticipated have. your your objection that these would be things that you wouldn't necessarily expect.
1: Okay, so I'll I'll let you have the last word because I want to get onto the Paul the issue of Pauline silence, because I think that's the, the most important one. Okay. Um, so I'll let, I'll let you have the last point, but then I'm going to move on to, to Paul.
0: Okay. Uh, well, I, all, all I was going to say about that is you're right that a lot of these things might fall into that category, but it's a pretty big list. Um, and so I would be prepared to make the case for each, each thing on this list um, mm-hmm. of, of things that we should expect based on the person that the stories make Jesus out to be. Like, like, for instance, first-hand opposition accounts. I, I would expect that uh, educated Jewish people would write about the, the battles, the, the, the famous battles between the, the Jewish leaders uh, and Jesus. And nobody, nobody talks about that. Or, you know, something from the courts. I mean, we've got uh, cameo appearances from people involved with the Sanhedrin. Uh, so it's not like these are people who don't know anything and who are illiterate and can't write and don't keep records. So I, I think I think that this list, you could make a case that there is an expectation that you should see some of this. That's all. That's all I wanted to say. Go ahead.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I guess... Just to spend a little bit of time, then I, I we can take one of these examples because I, I think the most substantial one that you mentioned is is this issue of Pauline uh, silence in his letters. You know, he doesn't really reference uh, a lot about the historical Jesus' earthly ministry and, and that sort of thing and those sort of details. And um, I, I take it you you would you have like in your head you have arguments that yeah we we should expect this you you can demonstrate that we should probably expect paul to have mentioned more details if he actually had a you know a historical figure who's on earth and and performing all you know all the miracles that the gospels say he did yes okay um okay so so here's where i would issue caution then because um this I'm getting this from a, from a review because I, I studied this this argument myself. Um, this is a good review of Carrie Richard Carrier's book because he he advances this argument. Um, but you have to look at the wider literature, um, not just from the first first century, but also in the second century, because we have later Christian writings, which are acknowledged by all, including Richard Carrier, to represent a historicist case. They we know that they believe Jesus was a historical figure. Uh, so I'm, I'm thinking of things like the Epistle of Barnabas, for example, which dates somewhere between 80 to 120 AD, um, you know, in Tertullian's works and stuff like that, but they don't give us specific detail. There's complete silence on things like Jesus being in Galilee or Nazareth. There's no mention of Pont- Pontius Pilate uh, or, or you know, Mary or Joseph. There, there's no mention of the miracles of Jesus or, or anything about his his earthly life. But we know that these authors, writing later on in the in the late first and early second centuries, that they took a historicist case. And even, you know, Richard Carrier admits, yeah, they, they thought Jesus was historical. So I, I think you run the risk of making an argument from silence and reading in what we think we should be expecting. Um, you know, like, well, you know, yeah, we should expect more than what we have when the actual data says, yeah, but the, these early Christians were weird. They don't, they don't always give us what we think they should give us. So I'll, I'll turn it. Yeah, that, that's the point I just wanted to say about that
0: okay um so i would i would just say that there were lots of ideas about jesus even then uh there were there were different legends of jesus if you will kind of like the the legend of spider-man how many legends of spider-man have there been you know um for if, if you just ask the question how did spider-man get his powers there are two or three mainstream current answers to that question <laughs> you know so okay. it it depends on which camp
1: you're in as to i didn't i didn't know that i'm getting a good lesson in spider-man well, ology <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a i'm
0: a spider-manist um okay and uh, and i have been for a while um so, yeah, there are, there's, there are several tellings of the story. And, uh, you know, Batmanists also uh, have the, the same type of thing. How many legends of Batman are there? How many Batmen were they? You know, they were, they, they were all very different characters. And they have different backstories. How did he become Batman? How did he meet the Joker? These are, you know, these... These are stories that are told and retold in different ways uh, for different people. Different people have different uh, canon uh, when, it, when it comes to this stuff. And so all you're suggesting uh, is that there were different uh, Jesus myth <laughs> even at that time. Uh, so it wasn't just one Jesus story. That, that everybody is riffing off of, there were a number of Jesus stories, and you had a number of Jesus denominations uh, that did not get along, yeah. and that told very different stories and had very different scriptures. The Gospel of Thomas, for instance, that's a different Jesus, I would say. That's not that's not the same guy at all uh, yeah. as the, the Gospel of Mark. So uh, I will agree with you that you had different people who thought different things about Jesus, but that just goes to show that there were lots of legends of Jesus and it's hard to nail any one of them down as the historical Jesus or that there even was a historical Jesus.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I think yeah, I guess it, it is a little bit tricky, but yeah, I guess if you're approaching it solely from a historical perspective, yeah, you 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 try to ascertain as best you can, well what what is the the main, or the the earliest, or what what goes back to the original apostles, to the best of your ability. That's not always an easy thing to do. Uh, obviously, Christians today say that well, that's that's the proto-orthodox church, which became you know the biblical Christianity, the Jesus that we know from the Gospels and that sort of thing. So that in order to get that full fled, I don't think we can get that full fledged Jesus true historical tools they're not they're just too blunt for that type of thing we, we can't extract the virgin birth by historical evidence at least that we know of today maybe in the future some smart guy will come up with some evidence for that or something but yeah so if you want the full-fledged orthodox biblical jesus not a gnostic jesus not not and some other jesus that that's where you have to go into this that my idea of sufficient attachment um which I, I think like I said you you would see yourself agreeing one with if it just wasn't for these this notion of Bible errors or something like but that there if, is the notion
0: we, of Bible errors and so i I can't I can't climb over that mountain of Bible errors to even take your sufficient attachment seriously um, gotcha. So that's that's. I mean, I know you keep mentioning that. As you know, even David would believe me if. Well, yeah. The if part, if, though, yeah. is is the thing that's not going to happen because the thing that you cannot do. I don't want people to take this as David being closed minded David has studied this uh, uh, for most of his life. The thing that you cannot do, I am convinced that you cannot do, is convince me that the Bible doesn't have errors. That's that's just not a thing that you you can convince me of doing. You can you can talk to me about why those errors are there or whether those errors are important or not or not, but you can't convince me that it doesn't have errors. And the fact that it has errors, in, for me, kills your
1: sufficient attachment case. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And and you know we we've already debated that. So I'm not. I'm. I've given my take of why I don't think uh, the Bible errors are are an issue. Uh, even if they are there. Um, but yeah, I, I just understand, okay, that that's a fair enough point kind of thing. But um, I think that's how a Christian gets a full-fledged biblical Jesus. Okay, but they're that, not
0: getting it from history. And the, the thing about yeah, mythicism is we're not saying that there's not some spiritual reality of Jesus. I don't even know what that means. We're just saying that we don't find a historical Jesus. Now, uh, one of the things that we both wrote about uh, was the various quests for Jesus. So I know that you're familiar with uh, the three quests. For those who are not familiar with what we're talking about, uh, read, uh, read the blog posts. I think there are some links in there that can take you there and get, get you started. So I don't want to spend too much time talking about the, th- the three main quests. In fact, some might say there's been a fourth quest. But um, however you count the quests, they have all ended in not finding Jesus. <laughs> so the, the Jesus that's found in these quests are, are a Jesus that the church proper rejects. So if you say, "Well, you look at you just look at these quests," you see there's a historical Jesus right now. Well, most of the uh, people in uh, mainstream or conservative Christianity would say, "Oh no, that's not Jesus at all." So, <laughs> what do you say to the fact that no matter how many quests for the historical Jesus we uh, we try to do, we keep coming up empty? Yeah, um,
1: yeah. So I, I I would say I I. You know, I, I've already said, I, I do agree with you that just based on historical methodology and, and tools or criteria or whatever, we, we can't get to a full-fledged um, biblical Jesus. I, I, I can't, as, to the best of my knowledge, I can't prove historically that Jesus turned water into wine or, or that the virgin birth is true. Uh, may, maybe, maybe I'm speaking too soon. Actually, may, maybe if you had some kind of argument which you you noted is not part of this debate, but if you could speak to the general reliability of the gospels, you know, some kind of argument on that front or something. May, maybe you could make a you know some kind of argument there. But um, yeah, just in, in well, terms. of I think of, that what we would agree on. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Okay. Oh no, no problem. Uh, Yeah. Okay. I'm finished. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, yeah, the point, Uh (laughs) sorry, the last point, I'll, I'll be a couple sentences. So yeah, I, I don't think it it goes back to, again, another convo we had. I, I, I think that there is a case for a cumulative case, you know, it, it's helpful to, okay, well, what can we establish just like you did all those years ago? What, what's in that thimble? And then what can, okay, once we got that thimble, however, However inadequate, uh, we can see if we can branch out from there, um, and at the very least, um, it can take away stumbling blocks from skeptics. Because you know, in order for someone to consider Christianity true, if there's no historical, even a minimal Jesus, like a Bart Ehrman Jesus, it, then Christianity can't even get off the ground. So it, it's worthy to try and take away that stumbling block as a first step in a cumulative case, perhaps. Uh, so I'll, I'll turn it, turn it over to you. I didn't mean to interrupt.
0: Oh, no, no. Well, so I just want to say to uh, the listening audiences, it sounds like we're stepping on each other a lot and we are, but I can't hear Dale we're over Skype and the connection is really bad. And so there are uh, long swaths of discussion where I'm not entirely sure what he said or when he's done, <laughs> So this this happened on unbelievable, and I guessed well on unbelievable. And Justin uh, is a better editor than I am. So um, we're we're going through periods where we're having connectivity issues, and I can't I can't really hear Dale. He probably has some issues like that with me, but it's not it's a little bit worse. It's not as bad. Uh, on my end. So I um, I do apologize to the listener for that. That is not an example of me trying to be rude. Mostly, you'll oh, know no. it when I'm trying to be rude. Uh, but that's... <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> it's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but in this case, that's not uh, an example of me trying to to be rude. Not that I wouldn't okay. be rude. So just, just so you understand. Gotcha. Um, Good to know. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So let's talk about that, the Bart Ehrman style Jesus. Now, I don't want to necessarily talk about Bart Ehrman. It's been a little while since I read his book, Does Jesus, uh, Did Jesus Exist? I think is the name of it. Uh, I did read it. I uh I don't know if uh, that's something that you read or not. It's not the uh it's not the only Jesus book that I've read. I actually found uh this book by Bart Ehrman to be a little bit disappointing. I thought it was uh kind of a rehash of a lot of uh old arguments that had been debunked or at the very least addressed. Mm-hmm. And uh I I really felt like Bart Ehrman phoned this one in. Um and that's, that's kind of hard for me to say because I really like Bart Ehrman. I like uh, uh, a lot of his work. I wish he and Richard Carrier got along better. But in this case, um, this is one of those cases where I think that Ehrman did drop the ball. I'm not the only one who thinks that. There are other scholars who think that as well. So uh, that said... Um, Sure there there is definitely some scholarship even among skeptics who would say, "Sure, uh, Jesus of some description existed. I think what we should do with the last ten minutes of time that we have though mm-hmm. is flesh out what that description is so i I have already said it's almost certain that there was some guy named Jesus who was a, a political agitator, possibly a rabbi, who got himself killed by the Romans. So what? Um, that, is, is that Jesus? Is every guy who meets that description Jesus? Because once again, you know, bodies piled high of people who meet that description. So where do we go? When you say believing in Jesus, what all do I have to believe in to believe in the Jesus that you're talking about?
1: right yeah and I, I think that's that is a good point because I, I the Bart Ehrman Jesus isn't good enough as a Christian I, I think you do have to believe more than just that so that that would come back to my you know my notion of what, what are these essential propositions about Jesus that one has to believe in order to be saved and you know so that that's things like the deity death and resurrection of Jesus as a you know, just as a, a minimal set, uh, of examples, um, I, I'm, I'm, it, it could include the virgin birth. I, I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I lean in that direction because it has implications, potential implications for his, his being, uh, sinless, right? Um, and not being under the sin, not in, not inheriting these sin disease through original sin or the sinful inclination. Um, but yeah, you know, in terms of things like did Jesus turn water into wine, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say that's essential. I think you could deny that and still believe in the, uh, the Christian Jesus, the Jesus that will get you saved.
0: Well, let, let's just zero um, in on the
1: resurrection
0: because I think that's the one that everybody can, can talk about. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say all atheists uh, disbelieve in a Jesus that rose from the dead. Now, th- there I, there I may be there so. may be some atheist out there who says, "Wait a minute," <laughs> because <laughs> there, there are very few things that all atheists actually agree on, except
1: for the D- fact depend, that we're, we're not convinced on there's our- a god. <laughs> Depends on what you, define what you mean by rise from the dead, because we've got the John Shelby Spun, Spungs and uh, John Dominic Crossens, who I I think are atheists, actually. Physically, um, bodily, but they're not atheists. Okay. Crossing, yeah, Yeah, bodily. they're not atheists. Yeah, yeah
0: but physically, yeah. bodily, well, um, died on the cross, physically, bodily, buried in a tomb, physically, bodily, uh, resuscitated... Back into okay. life and walked around again in a physical body. Gotcha. Now, that, as, as I understand it, that is the traditional Christian definition of rose from the dead.
1: Yep, yeah,
0: I would agree with that. Okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and I, I'll just say I believe 99% of all atheists in the world disbelieve in that Jesus. True. Now, if that is a minimal uh, Jesus criteria, then ninety-nine percent of all atheists are mythicists by that standard.
1: Correct. Yeah, they would. They would, of course, um, fall under. I mean, they they would. You don't even need to go with the resurrection. Just, they would deny Jesus' deity right away. So, I, I mean, that would make them. I, I prefer broad mythicist. What The term that you're calling mythicism, I just... Okay, I would call that broad mythicism. Okay, so but that you it's would put that in banner. the spectrum
0: of mythicism. Yeah. And when I say that I'm a mythicist, that's what I'm talking about. Now, if you want to yep. narrow the band a little bit, uh, I'm not sure how we do
1: that, so... Uh, I, I don't need to... I don't feel any need. I, I couldn't care, care less, you know, about these debates about... What does it mean to be an atheist? Do you have a lack of debate, or are you making a pos a lack of belief, or are you making a positive claim? I'm I'm fine. You you can call blue red if you want. Just make sure you define your terms. If you're if you're going against the the sort of common understanding of what that term means, just make sure that okay. Well, when I say mythicist, I mean this, and I mean uh, this by that. Or when I say blue, I mean red. Um, as long as long as you define your terms, I'm happy to go with whatever you want to say. You so know, it what sounds you like we're defining
0: mythicists the same way uh, at this point, though, uh, which is a kind well, of a broad mythicist which says that if yeah. it's if it doesn't – if it's not the biblical Jesus that we're talking about, then whatever Jesus you believe in, it's not the same Jesus.
1: Well, for me, me personally, though, I, I, I don't go with the essential doctrine – the essential doctrines as – as defining being a mythicist or not, denial of those essential doctrines. For I go with the common under When I personally use the term mythicist, I, I think you're denying the the Bart Ehrman Jesus, the minimal historical Jesus. That's, what, to my mind, that's the common... Go, go ahead and that. tell
0: me what you think the Bart Ehrman Jesus is.
1: Uh, well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not... So, like, just, you know, Jesus, there was a guy named... a historical guy named Jesus. He was an itinerant Jewish... Preacher going around in Galilee and in Jerusalem, who uh, was teaching, preaching the kingdom of God, and was you know claiming to be the Messiah, and he was crucified on the on the cross um, by the the Jewish and Roman leadership.
0: Right, would, but you un- you understand that 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 could fit lots of people, even that description can fit lots of people. Uh, so just just to give an example, uh, if you say, well, let's narrow it down to the things that Jesus said. I'm talking about the Jesus that said these things that you can read about in the Bible. Well, even uh, even Christian scholars, uh, Richard Bauckham, by the way, is the one that I was trying to think about a couple of podcasts ago. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, So I know that you know uh, uh, Richard Bauckham. But uh, at any rate, p- scholars like Richard Bauckham uh, acknowledge that the stories of Jesus, the sayings, I'm sorry, the sayings of Jesus were made up. Um, so there are, two, there are two things that these scholars claim. One, they talk about just memories, and one, they talk about just making stories up. They're not the same thing, and they should not be conflated. So a gist memory is uh, you are at a lecture uh, last night, maybe something from, from class, uh, and you're talking about it with a friend the next day, and uh, you give him a summary of some of the things the professor said. None of the things you say will be verbatim. But you, you'll be using gist memories to convey um, what the professor kind of said. It's, it, so that, that's, a, that's a gist memory. But it's another yeah. thing entirely if you were to tell a friend, I was at a lecture last night and the professor said this, except there was no lecture last night. And what you tell your friend is just the kinds of things that the professor has said throughout the course of uh, the, the classes. So that, that's just making, making stuff up. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And what these professors uh, are willing to admit is that the biblical writers made up speeches from Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for instance, the Sermon on the Mount never happened. And by the way, I'm saying all this. I think that you actually uh, agree with this scholarship, too. Uh, lots, mm-hmm. lots of things never happen. And so if you're trying to identify the Jesus of history, I think that we could argue that there is no Jesus of history who said those things. So what you're really doing is talking about a guy who might have said this kind of thing. And that opens up the historical Jesus to being maybe even a composite of people because no one person said those things and did those things.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, so I get, I get. yeah, like like I said, I I do support what you're trying to do to try to get people to realize that the term mythicism can have a wider meaning and, and you should uh, try and probe when someone says they're a mythicist, don't just have a Automatic, negative, oh, this guy's an idiot. He, he doesn't know anything or whatever. I, you know, try to probe a little bit uh, deeper. Uh, find out exactly what they mean about that. Um, and even if they do mean the um, the minimal Bart Airman, uh, Jesus didn't exist. I, I still wouldn't, you know, don't just dismiss that. They, they've got some Richard Carrier, Bob Price. They, they have some interesting points to, to make that I think should be taken seriously. Um, that, that said, I would... Say that when i when i studied this issue i i'm sort of putting myself out there on a limb for maybe a future blog or something but yeah i i think the evidence is really strong for jesus i don't think it it's weak and I, i'm not going to get into that here but um i will put my money where my mouth is maybe at some point in a future blog um yeah i i think it's even proven beyond reasonable doubt that the minimal jesus existed so That that means I'm saying you're unreasonable, if you. um, I know that's that might get me in a bit of trouble saying that, but um, whether I like that or not, that that is when I assess the evidence. That that's what I came to. It's it's over ninety five percent. Your minimal
0: Jesus includes uh, this man being God and that he rose from the dead
1: not not no so so no that wouldn't have been included okay so tell Um,
0: me tell me again uh what your minimal jesus is
1: well yeah well i i'm agreeing it depends on what your what how you want to define your terms right i'm supporting your i'm supporting your point that people can have different definitions of mythicism right so i no, I, 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 I
0: see that you're supporting my point but you're still using terms uh, you're absolutely sure that there is a minimal Jesus and that it is unreasonable not to believe in this minimal Jesus I want to know what this Jesus is that it's unreasonable not to believe in
1: well, the minimal Jesus that I outlined before the Bart Air, the Jesus that Bart Ehrman yeah would I know you keep in, saying or, the
0: Jesus that Bart Ehrman would believe in but that's that's gone fairly undefined so maybe in a maybe but I, in a, I
1: defined it remember not really the Jewish Jewish teacher right like, and, I, and I said like what, that there were a lot what do you want, of those? the color of his shoes no or I'm I'm <laughs> saying there are a lot of those
0: there are a lot of Jewish teachers with the title of Jesus look at look at my resources uh, I know that you haven't had a chance to look at them so it's not fair to say look at my resources. Um... Uh, I will. I will make sure that you do, and maybe on this. maybe we can have some follow up. we can have some follow up conversation about this, um, because I am not saying for a moment that there is not some guy that maybe somebody pulled out of
1: history and said, you know, this will be the archetype. Okay. Okay. So let, let's stick. Then let's just stick with the minimal. The minimal Christian jesus as i see it then um yeah, and that that's described minimally the deity death and resurrection of jesus um i don't think you can believe in bart Ehrman's jesus and be saved so let's forget about that um the minimal um christian jesus that someone has to believe in is, is the jesus that has the deity death and resurrection of jesus so yeah if, if you deny that you want to, yeah, okay, fine, you can consider yourself a, a mythicist. I, I don't care what term you use, that, that's fine. Just make sure you're clear what, what you mean by a mythicist. Then one sort of, one point I just want to, because I know you and Andrew have debates about this. Andrew denies being a mythicist and you say, well, no, he's technically, he is a mythicist. Um, so it, if, if I support your point about terminology being, you know, adaptable to different people, even when it goes outside the common understanding, uh, you have to allow Andrew to define his own terms. If he doesn't want to use the term mythicist, you, you can think in your head, yeah, but you really are. Um, but yeah, there, there's no need to try to impose, no, no, but you have to call yourself a mythicist because you deny the deity of Jesus or something like that. Um, that that's the only caveat that I would I have to I absolutely
0: agree with you. So um, okay. we don't have a debate there. <laughs> but what I, would, okay. what I would also say <laughs> is that the term mythicist is meaningless. And if, if I can serve any purpose today, it's to take the sting out of that term. Because those of you who think you're not a mythicist, I guarantee you, to most of the Christian world, you actually are. Once you have the kind of conversation that Dale and I are having right now, they would, in their mind, say, well, you don't actually believe in the real Jesus. Um, And and that, for them, is mythicism. So it, it is not enough to believe in some guy. The reason why the various quests for Jesus have failed is because the mainstream church does not recognize the Jesus that the quests come up with. It's not that the quests don't come up with some version of Jesus. Every one of them come up with some version of Jesus. But the mainstream church believes that the only Jesus that's real is the Jesus of the Bible and if it doesn't come up with that guy then it's not really Jesus and so at the end of the day if you could get mainstream Christians to have this conversation with you all atheists would be considered mythicists and that makes yep, that makes I the can... term pretty pretty useless
1: yeah pretty broad kind of thing yeah uh yep as I said I, I can I can see the point that you're trying to make and yeah, I think it, I'm glad that we had this discussion to, to bring it to the people. It, it might be something they've never encountered before or thought about, you know, how how does one define what a mythesis is. So so yeah, I think it was a good show this week. We're just be- over the hour mark right now. So no, let's let's get at <laughs> what we've got some broad agreement. Um oh. I'm not sure this ever happened, so I don't know. This is a rare. (laughs) I don't know what to do with this.
0: So I think what I'm going to do is just hit the big red button. Bye, y'all.
1: Have a a good week, everyone. Bye-bye.